Welcome in to Hail to the Podcast, brought to you by Maize and Blue Review. We cover Michigan athletics for the Rivals Network, which means you can find us at michigan.rivals.com. It, it's been, I don't even know what day it is, I'll be honest. <laughs> it's It's been a crazy week already. Um, Sharon Moore trying to put his staff together. Michigan on the recruiting trail. Obviously, he's battling Jim Harbaugh when it comes to putting that staff together as well. So that's what we're going to dig into. We're going to talk about the things we know, some intel, some rumors, hopefully dispel some rumors as well, and, and kind of get an idea on where we think things are going with Sharon Moore's first staff at Michigan as head coach. And then I'm sure we could talk about some of the narratives around Harbaugh and, and just everything that's happening in general right now as Michigan tries to move forward with more. Joining me as always, Josh Henschke, Intel Insider and publisher of Maze and Blue Review. <laughs> are, are you like me? Like I'm still the season ended. I've just kind of spit it, and it's like there's a lot yeah. of not a lot of answers right now, too. That's <clears throat> yeah, exactly. There's uh yeah, the, the wheels seem to be turning kind of kind of small or kind of slow here, but uh you know, it's uh yeah, it is what it is. You know, we just gotta gotta get through this this part here, and oh, that's uh, why you did that. Fair enough. Trying to trying to figure out what's next, but um, yeah, you know, we're we're getting there, we're getting there. And it's weird. It, it does feel like things are moving slow, but then at the same time, too, like you just announced Saturday, right? You know, and then you and I were texting earlier, and it's like, I wonder what things are at least done or understood in the background that like. Michigan's just bad at PR, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's, yeah. there's little things you could say or do that uh, I think would make the fans feel a lot better. Um, I do think some of it might have to do with which pieces come in and which, you know, in terms of roles, but we'll, we'll, we'll get into all of that. So um, I want to lead off with though, I think the, the biggest thing we've been talking about and people have been asking, right. When we go and do other pods and things like that is, Hey, what's going to be different with Sharon Moore. We know continuity and this culture maintaining is a big piece of it, but what do you think he's going to do different? What do you think is important to him? And from the get-go, we've been talking about recruiting, right? You, you had some Intel pretty early on Moore acknowledged it in his opening press conference. And right now I think the, the name that really shows Moore's vision, right? We don't, we don't know if this is going to happen or not. Josh will give some Intel, but Moore is swinging for the fences here going for Chad Bowden over at Notre Dame. Um, if, if you kind of want to talk about his role and what they're looking to do by bringing him on and where things sit there. But I thought whether they get him or not, that, that just shows where Moore's head at. He's not going the safe route and maybe just adding dudes. He knows like he's arguably targeting guys that have been a thorn in the side in the past too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. I, yeah, I mean, definitely. If, uh, he's probably sick of seeing, of seeing Bowden and Notre Dame, stealing all of their, uh, all these guys that they've, they've been in on too. So, um, yeah, I mean, they're working. Sharon is, is pulling out all the stops to get Chad Bowden in, uh, to Michigan in, in kind of a, a director of player personnel role. It's kind of a all encompassing thing. He'll work, you know, with, uh, you know, the recruiting staff, you know, the, all the, the normal responsibilities of a director of player personnel scouting and, and, and things like that and team organization. Um, Sharon's also offering uh, more money, like significantly more money to, to Bowden. Um, 
staff, an increased staff pool that, you know, we mentioned before that was the plan to kind of beef up the recruiting department. Well, this is part of it. He's not necessarily part of the recruiting department per se, but, um, you know, those two kind of the recruiting department and director player personnel kind of work hand in hand. So, um, yeah, basically it's a big, big promotion for him if he decides to take it. Uh, and, and right now it's kind of a head versus heart type of deal because he, his head, you know, suggests that, Hey, this is a big promotion. This is a big step up in what I'm doing now. And it's a big step up in his career. Or does he go the heart route where, you know, he's been friends with, with, uh, Marcus Freeman for years. I mean, he's been, he's a Marcus Freeman disciple. Those two have been attached at the hip, uh, for forever. So does he leave the comfort of what he's all he's known basically in his, his time in college football uh, as Marcus Freeman, or does he go to Michigan? So I know Notre Dame is, they're going to have to drum up some support here um, to match this, you know, the, whatever it, Michigan is offering, they're going to have to, or Freeman's going to have to drum up some support to get it. And that's not a guarantee to say that they even will at this point. Um, I know that, that Bowden and, and Freeman have yet to speak one-on-one. I know that was the plan, uh, today and tomorrow he's, uh, Freeman's out recruiting on the road right now. So I think Friday is the only day that he's not recruiting. So I'm assuming that's when the one-on-one conversation will take place and maybe we'll get, uh, a better, cl- a clearer view of, of where things are trending right now. But, you know, from everyone that I've spoken with, you know, Michigan feels pretty confident that they can get him. Now, what happens if Notre Dame matches? Well, I, I was told that Sharon would bump up the offer even more uh, once if Notre Dame were to match it. That's how serious he is about this whole thing. So, does this happen? I don't know. Right now, I think he's leaning Michigan, but he's yet to talk to to Freeman. So right. once once he talks. What what does Notre Dame offer? I, I don't know what they can or can't offer, but I know that Freeman can't just say, okay, yep, you're, yeah, we'll match that, no problem. I mean, he's going to have to talk to people. So that is kind of the big interesting thing. And and um, th- there's no doubt that, you know, if they were able to get this over the finish line for Michigan, that's a huge win for Shrow Moore. I mean, that's you're coming out right away and really swinging for the fences, a guy that's, um, you know, Freeman calls elite. He's an elite off the field guy in, in recruiting and all that stuff. Um, big part of what has made Notre Dame so good in, in recruiting since, um, uh, since Mar- uh, Freeman took over. And yeah, I mean, that's just, it'll, it'll show that, you know, Michigan is not only, um, not afraid to open up the, the pocketbooks for some off field staff, but, you know, uh, thanks, Dennis. <laughs> um, he does have a nice little haircut. Yeah, yeah. You know, I decided to get it done today. Um, I told and I lost my point, but oh, yeah, that that uh, Sharon can flex his muscles a little bit in terms of getting guys in and, um, you know, uh, I guess promoting what he wants to do uh, as it's as a, a head statement coach. as much as anything, right? Yeah, though yeah. that too. Yeah, so 
it'll be an interesting couple of days for sure. We'll, we'll kind of see what happens. I mean, Michigan right now is confident that they can get them. Um, you know, those two Bowden and, and, and more have talked a lot over the last couple of days. Um, I'll be curious to see what happens once Bowden gets a, gets a, gets time to talk to Freeman and, and go from there. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, I'm not going to sit here and say it's, it's absolutely going to happen for sure. Um, right. but right now I would give Michigan the slight advantage, but that's because he hasn't really spoken to anyone at Notre Dame yet. So, uh, we'll kind of see what happens there, but I mean, that's, that's an opportunity to be, to be a big, big splash for sure. I think for right now, I'm just comfortable with what it means that he's trying, right? I, I know that when Courtney Morgan left, there wasn't really that type of addition to the recruiting department after a right? Tom Gamble was a friend of Harbaugh's, right? Mm-hmm. So that GM role, we've seen other programs do that. And I think that's that's a big statement in terms of, again, taking recruiting seriously, whether it's Bowden or someone else. I really like that Moore's taking a shot him and then the, the uh, tight end coach at Georgia reaching out to him. Again, I immediately just thought about like with Bowden, it's like CJ Carr, Zinter's brother, Will Black, the offensive lineman, mm-hmm. George, I could list how many tight ends <laughs> yeah. as George and then and Hartley was at Miami, too, and he got Mallory and some other guys there, too. So I, I like that. He's almost like, hey, who are the guys that have given me the biggest problems on the recruiting trail? Because that's who I want to talk to, right? I like that mindset. So we'll we'll see where it goes. Uh, folks have been asking about the DC role. So let, let, let's kind of get into, I'm trying to think how I want to frame this. Yeah, we can get into this a little bit. So obviously Jesse Minter has left. All signs, ex- expectations are he will be with Harbaugh at the Chargers. That hasn't been announced yet. But that—that mm-hmm. that is obviously the expectation. Um, also, out Dylan Roney. He's an analyst we've talked about quite a bit on this pod. He, he's somebody that we wondered if maybe he would get a look at that linebacker role. Um, he's been good with recruiting, good with the edge guys. He's heading out, and then obviously Ben Herbert. Um, let, let's touch on him real quick. Some things you've heard, and talk about that, and then we'll get to the rest of the position coaches, and definitely talking about DC and some moves that are happening there. But. Ben Herbert obviously goes. Um, I We've talked about this already, and I don't want to really beat a dead horse. Obviously, things were trending in a positive direction. He was already the highest paid strength and conditioning coach. They offered to give him even more money. Mm. And then at the end of the day, Jim Harbaugh wasn't going to say no, and Ben Herbert chose to go to L.A. Yeah. It, it, yeah it's really that simple. Like I, I know people are upset because, hey, I wish I remembered the wording on our board. Somebody posted this so brilliantly. He's, I know he's good. I want him in my program and it's not my money. So keep him like, that's the mindset we kind of have. Right. But at the end of the day, Ben Herbert made a personal choice and he left. We've heard some weird rumors though, about absurd contract requests and Michigan dropping the ball there. You posted on this a little bit before we came in. Mm -hmm. Uh, What what are you hearing in regards to that? Is it it as simple as Michigan could have kept him and chose not to? No, that's not it at all. I mean, I think you nailed it. That, that was his decision to leave. Um, you know, any talk of Herbert wanting a 10 year, I, I, for some reason I was asked about this a bunch of times this week and I'm not really sure why or, or where it came from, but, um, you know, it, there was this thing that, you know, people were asking like, Oh, Hey, uh, Herbert wanted this 10 year deal, but Michigan wouldn't match and things like that. And, um, yeah, it's crap. It's not true. It is, it is not true. Multiple people I've spoken with have, have 
said it's not true, and not just on Michigan's side. On use the, the word side. use the word they used. Oh bullshit! Yeah, mm-hmm. it's bullshit. It's, it, is. <laughs> it's bullshit. it is not true. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was. It's basically. It, it was. It's Herbert's decision to to lead. And I know people were have mentioned, oh hey, you know, uh, you know, you guys were saying he was staying over the weekend. Well, that's because he was. Right. He was staying over the weekend. The players knew. The um, the 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 coaches that were there were new, and then all of a sudden, you know, Harbaugh comes out of nowhere and just offers this insane contract to 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 Herbert to the point where you know he couldn't really say no. Uh, I know there was some desire. He told the players when he left on Monday. Um, yeah, because he conducted a, a, a lift session on Monday and afterwards um, said he was leaving and then just left and <laughs> never came back. <laughs> but but um, yeah, he that was basically telling telling him that um, you know that he just wanted to try the NFL. He wanted to give the NFL a shot. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what it came down to. And I know the arguments out there that, you know, what NFL strength and conditioning coaches and all that stuff or, or what they don't do or don't do, but, um, that's just simply what he wanted to do. And it was kind of a last minute thing that he, he changed his mind. I mean, because he was very much staying, um, you know, as of heading into the weekend, you know, we're not just making this, this stuff up that Herbert was, was leaving, it was you know, staying, but had the intentions of leaving the whole time. This was the, this is very much a last minute thing. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's a big loss. I mean, the players were rightfully upset. Uh, a lot of them were pissed off. Um, but you know, I think in part of it too, Abigail O'Connor said after that, um, shortly after that speech, uh, that that Ben Herbert gave was that she was staying, so that kind of lifted the spirits up of a lot of people too. And I think that's a big, uh, a big keep for for Sharon because she is just as important to the program um, as as the strength and conditioning program is. So um, we'll kind of see what what Justin Tress is and and what he's about. I mean, it's a, he's it's about a good shit, is what he's yeah about. yeah. If, if, if you saw that, if you saw that clip, Nicky Marathi said the business, but um, such a good video. Yeah, he's he's a guy that's been around Herbert for years. I mean, since he's gotten into the since Tress has gotten into the business, he's been around Herbert in multiple stops too, including Arkansas. So. Um, I think continuity from a, a same uh, thought process and, and, and I guess tree coaching tree is, is good. Um, but you know, it's, they're not the same person. So, you know, they're, they're two different people. So w- what we really don't know is, is how uh, trust can handle an entire program by himself. You know, is is he probably? He's young. I mean, he's only like twenty eight or something like that. It's insanely young for a strength and conditioning coordinator, right? But every name that comes up, I'm like, oh my god, (laughs) right? And so he's he was recommended by Herbert for a reason. So I'm I'm not gonna doubt that. But you know, he is young, and this is a big time program coming with big time shoes that a lot of people have to fill in this program. So. You know, we'll see how 
how it goes. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm not obviously well versed in the strength and conditioning world, so I don't know uh, how that works or what a good leader should be. I mean, obviously, if you follow Ben Herbert's lead and and his path, then you're probably going to be very good. But again, um, they're two different people. You know, it's it's not as simple as just walking in the door with a whistle around your neck and blowing the whistle and telling people to do things. There's a lot of um, recruiting was, was a huge part of, of Ben Herbert's deal. Um, you know, ex- it, like measuring recruits and, you know, d- putting body analysis and stuff and telling them what they would do when they arrive on campus. So there's a lot of that that goes into it too. Can trust do that? I don't know. That's what he's going to have to prove. So, um, Injury prevention is another big one too. Uh, there's there's a lot that goes into it. It's not just simply just getting a guys in a room and lifting weights. I mean, there's a lot that goes into it, and and having um, having Abigail O'Connor there it, it helps too because getting having people on the same page with the nutrition standpoint is hugely important uh, for a good strength and conditioning program. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, everything's going to be great. Everything's going to be hunky-dory. It's going to be fantastic. We don't know. And and obviously, we can say the same about Sharon Moore as a head coach, too. So um, it's, you know, it, it, it's unfortunate that, uh, that that Ben Herbert has left. But, you know, you got to move on. You got to recover. And, you know, having a, a Herbert disciple is a good start. You know, and, and we'll just have to see how how things progress. Well, and you had the idea, and then I ended up writing the article about the similarities between Harbaugh's move from Stanford to San Francisco and his move now to Los Angeles. And the similarities are crazy shocking, right? David Shaw, OC, gets promoted. Sharon Moore gets promoted, brings defensive coordinator. Fangio with him, Jesse Minter, NFL ties. And the other thing he did, despite the fact the 49ers had a strength and conditioning coach that they insisted on and did keep, was he insisted on bringing Kevin Tolbert with him. And he made sure Tolbert came and had a role in San Francisco. And then Tolbert came with him to Michigan. And when Jim Harbaugh made the decision to move on from Tolbert to hire the guy that people thought wasn't working out at Arkansas, people were like, oh, what are you doing? Who is this Ben Herbert guy? Right. So, so to your point, we don't know, <laughs> right? We, we don't know a ton about trust. We're not in there with him. More confidence in him, et cetera. And then as far as like Jim hurting Michigan by bringing him, Jim Harbaugh brought him to Michigan, man. Yeah. J- Jim Harbaugh hired him. He has a job at the chargers and he knows it's cutthroat and he needs to be successful. And he thinks Herbert can help him. And he did what he could do to get him. And at the end of the day, Herbert said yes. Right. So as far as players reaction, I, I think you brought it up. I'm not going to pretend it wasn't emotional. People weren't upset. Everybody wants to ask about who's going in the portal and blah, blah, blah. Here's the deal. Nobody yet. Reese Atterbury is the only portal loss so far. Mm-hmm. Um, these are 18, 19, 20, 21 year old kids, college students going to class, still taking part and their role as an athlete in the football program. If we hear anything, we'll let you know. Yeah, that's <laughs> right? basically what it comes down to. I, we're, we're not going to get these constant daily updates on what kids are doing or what they're thinking, right? Or whatever. 
Obviously the conversations are taking place. Um, am I more anxious because Herbert's gone? Sure. Why wouldn't I be? There's guys that committed to Michigan almost specifically because of Harbaugh, Minter and Herbert, right? Like, <laughs> so, but it, it is what it is. So that's where we are with that. As far as the guys that are out, Minter, Roney, Herbert, things that we know, uh, Bellamy staying on as wide receiver coach. He's been on the recruiting trail. Grant Newsom, we talked about this. We kind of wondered if he would switch to O-line coach anyway, even if Harbaugh came back to kind of take some pressure off of Moore. He's been upgraded O-line coach the day he was. He was out recruiting a five-star offensive lineman prospect, yeah. right? So Newsom's on the trail. Um, on the other side of the offensive ball, ball bleh, Mike Hart. There, there's been a lot of rumors around him. And this is, I mean, this entire cycle tends to be when there's a void of information, obviously that's when things are going to really heat up in terms of rumors, right? So Hart wasn't at the celebration, wasn't at Moore's press conference, hasn't been a lot of noise with him on the recruiting trail. So there's some assumptions, there's some rumors. I, I know, again, we're, there's not anything firm yet, but do you, do you want to speak to Mike Hart at all a little bit? Yeah, I think the thing is here that no one really knows what's going to happen yet. Um, I, I, I don't think I can say with confidence that he's currently on the staff, but I don't think I can say with confidence that he's not currently on the staff. I mean, I, I think he's just kind of existing <laughs> right now. And I think a lot of guys kind of are um, until they, until Sharon kind of figures out how he wants to assemble the staff. But um, th there's been kind of two camps and obviously the only two outcomes that are available to this whole thing is that one, he leaves or two, he stays. And the, those that say he's leaving far outweigh those that say he's staying. So I, the thing is, where would he leave to? I, I don't know. And, and I don't see Sharon just straight up cutting him from the staff. So it's, it's kind of just, waiting and waiting and seeing how a lot of these uh, dominoes are going to fall. I mean, and that goes for, you know, the defensive guys that we'll talk about too, coming up. Um, it's just crazy. It's, it's crazy times right now because there's just not much out there um, and, and not much traction yet. Obviously getting uh, Grant Newsom in as offensive line coach is good, but um it's kind of, you know, that's not as kind of see where we're at in, um, and, and to jail's point here, we don't know if Hart wants to be OC. We don't know if, if Sharon is, is discussed the offensive coordinator role with, I with think Hart. aspirations in general are fair though. Right. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, we know he's interviewed for other roles and hasn't Mac level head coaching jobs, other OC jobs the last couple of years. And it just, hasn't taken hold. We heard about this Buffalo job that just recently opened Western Michigan previously. Right. And I don't know, he might have to go the Tyrone Wheatley route and just go be a running back coach in the NFL. You know, if he doesn't want to just be the running back coach at Michigan, then, you know, and he, and again, like we said with Herbert and everybody else, this is, this is a human being with a life and family and he's got to make his own decision. Right. Yeah. Right. I want to respond here real quick. The fold season. Why is it? Cause he was, he was uh, talking about the um, Herbert 10 year thing. Herbert thing. Yeah. 
why is everyone else saying that then? Well, because everyone else likes to spread bullshit. I mean, that's just what it comes down to. People like to just spread crap that doesn't exist. This situation doesn't exist. And everyone likes to get their tinfoil hats out about Ward and, and whatever. This this situation literally did not exist. It did not happen. So I, I, everyone else takes a small piece of crap info and then that ball of dung falls <laughs> down the dung hill and gets even dungier until it can, turns into a snowball of dung and poo and fake stuff. And now you get people actually having to respond to some of this stuff. Your, your poop analogies are something else. Say, well, it is. It's all <laughs> shit. It's all shit. It's what I mean. What else can you really? What else can you really say? It's just people just pull it's, stuff. Ward Ward is an easy target right now. Right, and that's and part of upset. it too. People are upset because, again, like I said earlier, you want Ben Herbert to stay. It's not my money. Pay him whatever. Give him ten million if that makes him stay. I mean, we literally saw people posting this on message boards. Pay him ten million a year. Like what? <laughs> So, and yeah, I'm not defending, I don't want to get into defending or not defending Ward. That's just that there was no, there was no keeping him. There was no convincing Herbert to stay. It's, it's done. It's, it's done. So there's no, there was no convincing him. Once he was gone, he's gone. There was, there's nothing Ward could have done to keep him because I mean, yeah, say what you will. About about Ward and, and other stuff, then most you have an argument for most of this stuff. But again, the blaming for for Jim and Ward, or excuse me, Jim and Ben Herbert, um, not no. It's just that it just didn't. This didn't happen. It, it's just it didn't happen. Anyway, yeah. Um, Mike Hart. We'll see what happens there. Um, he was. I guess he offered a kid in 2025, I guess. Um, I mean, that doesn't mean the way, the way I was told about recruit well, with, with uh, coaches still recruiting is that you shouldn't take that as a sign that they're leaving or staying because a guy could be on the road recruiting and, you know, could get a call you know, in the next two minutes and then say he's got a job and then he'll just leave. Yeah. So there's no guarantee just because you see, um, well, they're still employed, right? Well, that too. Yeah. <laughs> they have a job to do. So right. there's that, I mean, they're still working, but, um, you know, it's not necessarily just because you see Mike Elston, uh, retweeting recruit offers and things like that. doesn't necessarily mean he's staying, but we'll have more on him in a bit. Um, but as far as I know, um, Kurt Campbell, offensive coordinator, it's, it's leaning that way. Um, Ron Bellamy, obviously staying, uh, tight end coach. We heard some names. Kevin Coger is one of them. Um, I asked our Georgia people about the Todd Affley rumors and they weren't able to verify them. Uh, so I don't know. I can't say with certainty that conversation took place um their their argument was why would you want to take a lateral move which true why would you want to take a lateral move um but the only two certainties we know is that grant newsom is a well offensive line coach and, and ron bellamy is wide receiver coach 
Um, you know, we'll, we'll kind of see what happens with, with Mike Hart, you know, scrubbing the, um, his Twitter account of all Michigan details is kind of, kind of weird, but if he's telling people he's going to, he's staying, but others are saying that he might not be part of the staff. Um, there's some stuff that have to be waded through here, uh, you know, in the future. Yeah. So, um, really nothing concrete I can say about Mike Hart, except it's a kind of an odd situation that we don't really know which way this is going to go yet. Um, you know, I, I think there is something to the not being part of the staff thing. It, you know, maybe, maybe they, they come back to it and circle back to it and he is, but, um, yeah, we'll kind of, we'll kind of see. I mean, it's very much still up in the air right now. The, I think the offense, like you, I mean, you already mentioned that the positions we know and what we're waiting on and, you know, filling in a tight end coach or whatever it might be, but that that's largely settled. Obviously on defense, there's a lot of questions. Um, there is a defensive coordinator opening with Jesse Minter leaving. Um, and then there, there's been some question. obviously safety's coach with Jay Harbaugh leaving and then linebacker coach was already open with Chris Partridge. So position wise there, um, some of the we'll talk about Clink and Elston in a second because that's a big piece of this. But in terms of some of the things we were hearing for external names that could be a factor, um, mm. one of them was Clint Hurt, a guy that has connections to more from a previous stop. He was the DC with the Seahawks. He's already signed on to be the defensive line coach with the Eagles. I will be frank; I'm not real upset about that. Um, <laughs> I, I just yeah. I didn't I didn't see the fit in terms of scheme, and then obviously coming off of it, whether it was his fault or not, a difficult year in Seattle. That one just didn't make a ton of sense to me. The other two that have kind of been linked in a lot of ways to each other in different openings have been Jim Leonard, which let me be frank, Jim Leonard's been linked to every defensive coordinator opening that yeah. exists for the last two years. I don't think right. people have a really good read on, on what that situation is. It sounds like to me, he wants NFL DC or a head coach opening. I don't even know if he would entertain College DC, Missouri seemed pretty convinced they were going to get him and they ended up getting a dude from South Alabama instead. So whatever, mm -hmm. he's still out there because the Packers hired Jeff Halfley, <laughs> the old Ohio State DC, Boston yeah. College head coach to be their DC. Word was the Packers didn't even reach out to Leonard this time because uh, Matt LaFleur was upset he turned him down last time. Who knows? Mm -hmm. The other name tied to the Packers was the Ravens linebacker coach, Zach Orr who we've been talking about because going back to when Mike McDonald was hired, John Harbaugh mentioned three players or excuse me, three coaches to his brother, Jim. And that was McDonald mentor and or right. So that kind of seemed like a logical connection, but now Mike McDonald is the head coach of the Seahawks, right? So he's got an opening for a DC Baltimore's got an opening as well. Now with McDonald leaving, they've got three or four internal candidates they could be looking at. There's a lot of moving parts there. I, I don't know where we are in terms of Orr's chances of coming here. And the Jim Leonard thing, I don't even know where to begin, to be honest with you, what's legitimate there. But yeah, all that said, Steve Klingscale and Mike Elston are still two internal options as well, whether it's in a co-DC role or whatever that looks like. And then obviously, them staying, right? Jim mm -hmm. Harbaugh has basically offered everybody on this staff except for maybe heart possibly. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Um, 
Clint and Elston are two guys, like you said, have been out recruiting. Um, but where where do you think things sit with them? Not only as staying members of the staff, but potentially being some part of the answer at defensive coordinator. Yeah, this one's kind of another interesting one because this one almost sounds like you kind of have to wait until a couple of dominoes fall in order to figure out what you're doing. Um, I just don't, I'm not convinced that Sharon wants to change things up schematically. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I would be kind of, honestly, I would be kind of surprised if that does happen. Um, Especially just because of the names that we've been hearing, like, or specifically a Ravens guy. um, Well, and honestly, Jim Leonard, like, 90% 90% of his scheme is already here. Like, right. Exactly. It's similar. Again, yeah. I don't, I don't know how much credibility there is to Leonard, but yeah, I, I honestly don't buy it. And Darren talks ball brings up a really good point here. Jim Leonard, Leonard had to take a job as an analyst in that Illinois. That concerns well, me. He, he had back surgery last year. Yeah. And decided to take a year off. Cause he was going to go to the Eagles and he backed out of that. So, and then the analyst thing kind of came out, but there's obviously, screw it. It's the elephant in the room. There's a lot of rumors and talk about the way things finished in Wisconsin too. Yeah. So, that was kind of weird. And and it's odd that he is tied to all these openings and then absolutely nothing comes from it. So either yeah. he's not actually tied to it and it's just people going, Hey, this is a guy that I used to know was really good. He's available or he's shooting him down. I don't know. There's, there's, there's just a weird vibe to Leonard. I don't know the truth about it. That's all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, most of that's kind of just speculation on our part, but sure. yeah, it is kind of a, sure. it is kind of a weird thing, you know, it's so, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, we kind of have to just wait and see what these dominoes look like because yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Hugh freeze, <laughs> Hugh freeze hired DJ Durkin to be his defensive coordinator. Yep, exactly. Exactly. All right. Um, Yeah. So we'll just kind of have to wait to see what the dominoes look like. You know, I I don't know if, if Sharon's going to go outside higher, you know, there's been kind of two, uh, two things of thought here. Um, You know, one is go for an outside hire and fill, fill in the rest of your staff that way. And then the next one is to go the co-defensive coordinator route with with Klingscale and, and Elston. So I don't I don't know what that would look like from a play calling standpoint. You know, neither guy really has much play calling experience. They have experience in the defense, right? Um, no, it folds here. Uh, he, he definitely killed a kid. Both him and Brian Kelly killed a kid. They straight up killed people. Um, you know, say what you will about the, the Brian Kelly on the, you know, forklift with the wind and stuff. He killed a kid too. Durkin also killed a kid. Yeah. The fact that both like even Durkin, especially because he's probably more at fault, um, more at fault than, than Kelly. But yeah, the fact that he still has a job is shocking and disgusting. I mean, the way he ended his time in Maryland is just, just, it was disgraceful. So um, I do want to say his name just because uh, Jordan McNair. Yeah, Jordan McNair was yeah. a, a player at Maryland who died during practice from heat stroke, and there was a lot of just reckless um, disregard 
in, in the way those practices were being run and just, yeah, it's just awful. So, yep. It is terrible. No, it's, it's terrible. Um, and the fact that he's still, still coaching is just insane, but you know, whatever. Um, no one gives more second chances in the world than, 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 uh, college than football. football. Well, yeah. football. Yeah. I guess football in general. Um, it, so anyway, clinking out. Yeah, clink out. <laughs> so there's kind of this also this talk of whether Jim Harbaugh actually offered um, Elston a, a contract or, or not or wants him to come on staff. Um, you know, there's there's a small contingent that says, yeah, that's that's an option. And the other one says that, no, it's not really an option. So um, and we don't really know what Jim Harbaugh's staff looks like because there's been no announcements so that we don't know mm-hmm. if there's any names that are out there that he's considering. Um, it's, you know, we'll kind of, it just, we'll kind of see what happens. But um, as far as from, from what I'm aware in terms of both of those guys staying um, I've gotten all signs are pointing to Elston staying, but again, this stuff could change in a heartbeat. Like we saw with Herbert. Right. So, you know, right now in this moment in time, um, it looks like both guys are going to stay. Clink and Elston are going to stay. Um, it's, I mean, obviously they're, they're both out recruiting, but again, you know, that doesn't mean much. I mean, it means that they're still working. Of course they're working with Sharon so that you take some stock into that, of course, but you don't. Cause the alternative it. is they're not. Yeah, right. And if you're <laughs> on the way of being kind of MIA like Hart has been, then you start to, then you would start to really wonder. But both of those guys are working. I mean, I take some sort of I guess solace in that that they're both doing their jobs right now. Um but again, until we see some sort of just some clarity on what they're gonna do with the DC spot, you can kind of spec you're almost speculating at this point what what's going to happen next so really i think the first big domino that needs to happen is throw more needs to to figure out the dc route and and i'm not saying that he's just sitting there going i don't know no he's he there he's working through it i mean this is it's it's these are big decisions he has to make and he wants to get them right so um you know is the outside candidate the right move to make or does he, you know, promote two guys that don't really have much play calling experience, but are familiar with the defensive system? I don't know, but um, I, I think the the first big domino to fall needs to be the defensive coordinator because then you really have an idea of, okay, you know, this defensive coordinator. Let's say, let's call it Zachary Orr, right? Orr's the guy. Um, he works with linebackers. So do you say, okay, the DC is going to be the defensive coordinator and linebackers coach. Okay. So what do you do right. after that with the rest of your staff? Do you still, do you want a safeties coach or do you say, Hey, um, Steve Klingscale, do you want to coach the, the safeties oh, too? And yeah. that way we can have an extra coach somewhere else. So there's a lot, there's a lot of, moving parts to this thing that still need to that are that are moving don't get me wrong they're moving but they're not moving in, in hey, a sorry fully... real, 
real quick because this is annoying me. The comments are going back and forth here because Antoine said we had zero assistance to make seven figures. That's just not true. <laughs> uh, Moore and Minter both made 1.15 base. Steve Klinkscale made 850 and probably topped a million with uh, bonuses from Michigan success. Herbert made a million. Uh, the, and the Minter had an offer and more would have had an offer as OC. Both of them would have been the highest paid coordinators in football. So yeah, that, both of those guys would have been paid like $2 million. Yeah. So that's, it's just not true. And uh, yeah, moving forward, I, I do think you're going to see, I mean, they, we talked about the Harbaugh savings, right? We've already seen recruiting department potentially going after a guy like Bowden. Like I, money's not going to be, I know everybody wants to go into that. Money's not going to be an issue. It's just not. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. I agree. No, I, I agree. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's, there's just a lot of speculation right now and, and let's look at it this way. It's only been a week, you know, not, well, I'm sorry. It's not even technically a, a couple of days. Yeah. Right. It's only been a couple of days. So you got to go through the interview process and stuff. Of course. Um, you know, you got to get some, you got to get some names on the board. So, you know, that still has to, that, that moving part still has to move. So, um, you know, I think the longer this thing goes with no news of Clink or Elston departing, I think that the odds of them staying on are good. I think right now the odds are, um, doing pretty, are, are pr sitting pretty well. Um, obviously, you know, we, we said that about, I mean, I can keep going back to the Ben Herbert thing until I'm blue in the face, but you know, just some, it just shit happens. All right. Stuff happens sometimes. And you know, things that we thought we knew one day aren't going to be the same the next. I mean, that just, that just happens. So who knows we could get off this podcast in, you know, in, in 20 minutes or whatever. And then everything that we just said is completely invalidated by a move that, that, Sharon makes that becomes official or something. So a lot of this is just speculation. So I think the, the first, the first big move that not has to make, but the, in order to kind of get a better sense of what's going on on defense is the coordinator spots. I don't think he needs to go positions then coordinator. I think he needs to go from the coordinator on down and you can do the same thing. You can make the same argument for, uh, excuse me, for offense too, as we all think, you know, uh, Kirk Campbell is going to be the guy on offense to call plays. So, and, and more basically hinted as much yeah. at th that during his, his, uh, um, introductory press conference. So I'm not bringing any, you know, crazy big scoops here. I mean, this is like, obviously what, you know, what, what, what we know. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, and again, and, and what is going against Sharon right now too is, you know, we're pretty late in the cycle. I mean, end of January, it's tough to make a move because a lot of the guys that probably would have moved have already moved and not necessarily going to move again. So that's also a bad timing, but you know, there, I, I think the big thing that needs to happen is defensive coordinator needs to be hired. And then they kind of figure out how they want to plug and play other guys from there because it kind of just depends on what um, type of type of coordinator they're going to get. Obviously they're not going to change scheme a whole lot, but um, because a lot of that scheme is kind of based on feel mindset and, and decision-making. Mm. So, you know, it kind of, 
that's a big part in being a coordinator that, you know, it's either you got it or you don't, you can't get coached. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was still very, excuse me, still very much in the uh, unknown stages right now. Well, and a couple things on to your points there, the Ravens scheme isn't some magical thing too, that like nobody ever thought of before. Right. It's not like the 46 defense with the Bears in the 80s or whatever. Right. Um, what the Ravens do and the scheme that Michigan has isn't I mean, it's it's a break off of, of Wink Martindale. It has some Vic Fangio in it as well, which is part of why it was in Baltimore to begin with and why Harbaugh was interested in it. Right. These are if you start going up the ladder of these names, a lot of them end up being connected. Right. The 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 four two five itself, the multiple front defense those kind of things, it, it's not hard to maybe find. It doesn't necessarily have to be a Ravens guy, right? I am super intrigued by Zach Orr because he is a linebacker coach, which you, you know, if you wanted to bring in somebody maybe more recruiting oriented for that spot, or even somebody that you're bumping up a spot, whether you go get like a Ryan Osborne again, I know Roney is gone, but that was kind of the mindset before I could put Roney in there and I have help with Orr, And again, recruiting right this guy that played at DeSoto in Texas in a powerhouse there it feels like he could be a really good recruiter in terms of keeping guys on the staff Clink and Elston are guys that have been really good recruiters for you and have shown in the past that they can hit the trail right it that's going to be a big part of it too is this isn't going to be the exact same Moore's going to have his own expectations these guys got to decide too like hey is this you know where we want to be and go down this road I'm with you. It feels like they're going to stay. Things can change, blah, 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 whatever. Um, I don't know. I'm torn on the co DC thing. Cause it, it, it makes sense with Campbell because so much of the offense was a collaborative effort anyway. But to what I was saying with the Raven scheme and what you said, a lot of it, Minter was just really good at making adjustments and calling plays, <laughs> right. And, and finding ways to, take advantage of your strengths and hide your weaknesses and things like that. So just saying like, Oh, you know, Clink and Elston have been here. They know the scheme and I don't want to lose them. We'll make them co DCs. Not saying that's what that move would mean. Right. Right. But if that's the logic, I don't love it. Right. And, and same thing too, just hiring. I like Zach or on paper you got to go beyond the paper part of it. Right. But just hiring him just because he's a Ravens guy or some of these other Ravens names that are out there, it's gotta be more than that. Right. And the, mm -hmm. the fit matters and, and who they're going to be as again, recruiters seems to be a big piece of Morris focus and fitting them in there. So the, the last point you made too, I think there could be a pause on things. Cause it's like, well, I, I don't know if I'm going to hire this guy a safety coach because if I do hire him as safety coach, that changes what I do here and special teams and tight end. And, you know, maybe I move Bellamy back to safety's coach, which he was initially supposed to be, right? Mm -hmm. Or maybe I hire a guy when Chris Partridge was hired. We kind of knew he was going to take over for George Hilo, but that hadn't happened yet. So they're like, oh, here's right. a staffer, right? And we talked about this before we came on texting too. Michigan's not great at the PR piece. <laughs> yeah. Right. So right. they may feel good about what's being said and done behind the scenes and conversations and things like that. And then we're all kind of just sitting here like, what's going on? You know, 
throw us a bone. Like the mm-hmm. Tress and Abigail thing. It's exactly what that was. They saw what was going on with Herbert and they're like, hey, promote it and, and uh, retained. Right. Yeah, <laughs> so right. we just kind of want some of that with the coaching staff. But again, more was made official on Saturday. It's Wednesday. And, and people are potentially deciding whether they're going to move their entire families and this and that. Like, I don't know. I would hope by the end of the week we get something. Mm-hmm. Not the full staff per se, but something. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting where things are trending. Um, I like I like the shots more is taking. I will judge the staff when it's complete. And then I will obviously right. judge that on their results. But in terms of Moore's mindset and, and swinging for the fences and however you want to word it in a difficult situation, replacing a guy like Harbaugh. And again, to your point again, going into February, right? That's late. Right. We saw, uh, we, we've seen it with other staffs where they get into February. It's, it's kind of a tough situation. So that's where we sit with football staffing and rumors in and out. Josh has been posting Intel and answering questions left and right inside the den over at michigan.rivals.com. If you're not a subscriber already, make sure you get over there, sign up. You can use promo code NATCHAMPS24 and be free until the end of March. Get access to Josh's Intel as we get through this coaching staff buildup. Josh, you're lucky. We have 10 minutes or so left. (laughs) I I wasn't sure if I was going to do it. Saw people in the comments that said they were here for it. I've had a couple tests texts asking as well. Uh, wow, you got texts about it? Yeah, I did. Oh, boy. <laughs> this is it, dude. This is who you are now. People are here for the show. You seem too tired for a a full on <laughs> tirade, but like, I know I, it's not going to be a. Well, I don't know. I could I could work myself up. You never see know. How you do. Yeah, yeah. Um, basketball. Uh yeah, uh, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Part of the reason you're probably not going to it's a lot of this. We're saying the same stuff, man. Yeah, it, it's a rivalry game. You you come out and play pretty well in the first half. You've got to leave a lead. Excuse me. Yeah. And then it's Speaking just, about leaving, I can tell you someone that should leave. <laughs> I got one guy to tell you that should leave <laughs> tomorrow. But that's the thing. This This team is at a point where. They have to shoot 60% from the field and 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 play that kind of lights out to have a, a lead at the half. And then they just come out and it's like, what are you doing at halftime? Nothing. You know, and, and I've seen people want to talk about, well, you know, he tried to get um we, we saw Lee Ayla not coming to Michigan now, which again once we found out he was basically a professional player and signed a contract, he probably wasn't going to come right. Caleb love. Oh, but that's not his fault. Well, maybe it was like, he's got the academic restraints he has. He wasn't going to get in. We wasted two months on that. Shannon. I don't necessarily blame him for it. If the Texas tech coach had released him, Shannon would be here. Right. But yeah, I've seen people defend Harbaugh or not Harbaugh Howard, like, Oh, Dickinson and Buffkin and jet left. And it's, you know, in this new era, replacing talent. Well, yeah, they didn't make the tournament with those guys, right? And just the in-game management and just the, the vibe around this program, uh, it's tough, man. They Did they win? Was it one one game in January? Yeah. Yeah, so Michigan football won more games in January than Michigan basketball. Right. Doesn't look, I mean, they might hit double-digit wins. They're at seven. This team stinks. 
it's tough, this man. Sucks. It is just a just just a suck fest to watch. Um, I mean, what what more can be said that I already haven't said? I mean, you got to fire everyone. It, it, there, there's no, there's no saving this. This is just terrible. If if basketball was a half half a game, Michigan would be national champions for the past three years running. It's just they they play incredible first half deep defense, but th- th- look, no one has any idea in that program how to assemble a roster. Clearly, I mean you've got mix and matched guys. You don't even have point guard depth because you can't even make sure your your uh, your your point guard your starting point guard is submitting his blue books on time or even showing up to class can't even do his uh marketing 104 papers like just like why are we at why are we even sitting in this position to talk about this it's ridiculous you you are bringing all these guys in that are attempting to bring all these guys in that you damn well know that they are not going to get in but you're like well maybe some higher power will be able to bring them in no you can't be doing this stuff. You're flying by the seat of your pants, having no freaking clue what you're doing. No one has a clue what they're doing. There was way more structure under Phil Martelli than there for like four games than there were the last three years. After the, the beeline guys dropped off, we really saw the damning of, we really saw how bad this, this got. You know, yeah, you had stragglers at the end of it, but there's, it's just, I forgot how fun those first few games were. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, I don't know what the hell happened to that team. Well, probably grades, probably one of them. They didn't even <laughs> have a, they didn't have a GPA at that point of the year. They weren't even having classes. It's why we're even for, Anything to blame Ward about, if he keeps him, Jawan, after this year, then yeah, you have every right to trash him. That's my that's my point of view, and that's where I'm standing right now. Because you cannot, cannot keep this going into next year. No one's going to want to play for you, and you're going to go for guys that can't even get into school anyway. There's like six guys that you've that he's gone after that aren't even qualified to get into school. That's like six roster spots. It's disgraceful. It is terrible. You know, you've got your best strength and conditioning guy now left at the university after Herbert left, just put into a corner who has a really good player as a son who no way in hell is coming to Michigan. Now, if Juwan's still here, that's not happening. That kid's probably going to be a five-star and he's going to go somewhere else. There's a ton of kids that grew up Michigan fans. Um, there's a couple of kids in Detroit, and I can't think of their names right now because I'm on this on this rant. Those two guys were almost locks to come to to Michigan, and now they're probably going to go somewhere else because a yeah they're they're five star guys and they're national recruits, but it's it's not even it's just it's unfathomable what this program is. It's it's unfathomable, and it's you know. It's, it's just, you know, it, it's, it's going to, it's an awkward thing because Juwan means a lot to the Michigan program yes. and I'm not taking away what he's done, 
you know, as a player and, you know, the, he won a big 10 championship. Okay, great. Cool. Thank you. You know, I mean, it's, it's going to be an awkward divorce that, you know, it's, it's, but it has to happen. You have to have that, uh, you know, awkward conversation, you know, just because if you go and tell Juwan after the year, okay, you know, you know, our green here, if, if you're, yeah, if you want to disregard everything after the two years, you're completely disregarding everything that John Beeline built. It's been, this isn't built, just wins and losses either built, right? No, Beeline didn't have to reset anything because he took over a program that was shit. He took over a program that was crap. It was horrible. There's no resetting your shit. He took over shit and built it up to something. And now this program has been knocked to the ground, pissed on, and then lit on fire. There's nothing to there. It was just reverse. Everything happened in reverse order. It's on the ground. It's rubble. This this. It's horrible. If you're okay with mediocre basketball, be my guest. But if you were loving what John Beeline did the last however many years he was coach, you're not going to get that. You're not going to get that with Juwan. You're going to rearrange the. You're going to just get out of here. I'm 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 done with this shit. (laughs) I can't deal with stupid. You know, it's like I have a low tolerance. He thinks he thinks making a. Staff move to improve the defense. Juwan Howard is not John Beeline. No, I'm just saying that's 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 what he's talking about. John Beeline brought. I, why can't I think of his name right now? Who was the assistant he brought in to help with defense? Oh well, there was there was Yaklich and thank you. That's was, who I was trying um, to think of. Billy Don, uh, Billy Donlin. Then he went to Northwestern. Right. That's that's not what. Like, if you think like, yes. Thank you. Yeah. Look what you did, Trevor. I was hoping. Um, <laughs> yeah. If you think that Jawan Howard just needs to replace an assistant, you're crazy, right? Like Doug having grades issues, first off, is not just Doug's problem. Right. And if you're okay with your coach slapping other people and getting into fights with uh, with with your strength and conditioning guy and threatening to kill other coaches, be my guest. Have fun with that. Because you're going to be miserable for years. Because you're, you're going to watch absolute crap basketball that you've been watching for the better half of two years. It's not going to work. It's not working. It's it's not working. Yeah. It's it's. Ah, uh, it, it, this this isn't working. You got to move on. There's no. You're not going to get a Harbaugh revival in in after 2020. You're just not going to do it. It's well. Steve Again, nailed it. Analogies, Steve but... nailed it. Great point. Absolutely, one hundred percent correct. You can still love Juwan as, as what he did for as a as a Michigan player, and and as a representation of the university. Yes, but you you can admit he's not getting it done, and it's yeah, it, you it, that's all you can do. If Georgetown had the balls to fire Patrick Ewing, who are very much on the same trajectory in terms of performance had a good couple of years and then took a nosedive once the players that you were coaching got out of the system. Yeah. The, you can do it. It's going to happen because if you're going to, you, no one's going to want to watch this. I don't watch it. 
who's going to want to watch crap basketball that can't even finish a, a, a second half, can't even finish a game? This is – it's just – you're watching this basketball program just go in reverse, like reverting to just high school-level stuff. It's – to think that this is the best you're going to get or it's going to get better than this, well, someone's going to have to come in and you're going to have to hire a, a manager – or some sort that knows how to build a roster because this, this land of misfit toys that they've got in their starting five and there are three players on their bench because they can't build a team. You're not going to win anything. You're I just do, not. I feel bad for the players on that point. Cause it's, it's just a weird rotation, all the bigs. And then you're getting crushed in the paint. You're not getting rebounds. Your, your star point guard, like you said, isn't playing on the road game. And somehow, George Washington can't get on the floor. You've got empty chairs. You've got a player you brought in internationally that isn't playing. It, it's just, yeah, it's a mess. And like, like you said, it's, it's not just wins and losses. It's the off the court stuff too. And, and the Harbaugh analogy to 2020 and Harbaugh bounced back. Well, yeah, Harbaugh had a history of success, right? Yes. Juwan had the run he had when he first got here. I hate saying with beeline guys, but fact, he got the top recruiting class, ended up flaming out. They both left. What is the recruiting recruiting class ranked right now? It's got to be in what the bottom thirties or forties. Oh, I I don't know. Like this roster is not going to be better next year. There's no. no way. And and the transfer thing. Look, I we can beat on admissions like crazy, man. I get it. But when Jim Harbaugh in Michigan needed an edge player two years ago and went after a sophomore named Josiah Stewart, who was going to maybe face difficulties with admissions. Those conversations were had from the beginning and he came in and did what he had to do. And he was eligible just this off season, sophomore linebacker from Maryland. Jay Sean Barham is currently enrolled at Michigan and taking classes. There's a way to do it. And like we talked about with NIL too, he made a public statement back in what, what August or October. I can't remember which month it was August or October of 2022. He shared his frustration with it. What have you done since then to advocate for your program or to try and build, to build it up? Or what have you changed about your own style to operate within the bound, you know, the walls that you're in, right? Cause I've seen people say, Oh, no coach, no coach could win here with these restrictions. No way. It could be better than seven wins right now, though, right? Like, it, does it have to be this bad? Even if you want me to accept Michigan basketball can't be what it was under Beeline because of the changing of NIL and transfer portal. They're last place in the Big Ten. We can't be Nebraska, who's been on the up. Northwestern, <laughs> like... Come on, man. If you wanna if you wanna make the argument to keep Juwan, just say that you're a fan of average basketball. Just say it. It's, you like watching bad basketball. That's if, just if, what there's no positive to, to keep him. If he no. wasn't Fab Five Juwan Howard, nobody would be defending him, in my opinion. Exactly. And it doesn't you're right, it could be awkward. I mean, there it depends on how he feels. Maybe he 
maybe he thinks he needs a change of scenery too. And there could be some mutual, whatever, but I look at like Brady Hoke, right? Brady Hoke came in when Michigan felt like it had lost its identity and he had all this weight on him of trying to not only rebuild this program, but fix the fan base and the way Michigan felt about himself, blah, 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 blah. It was just too much. He was over his head. And in that last year, you've got Shane Morris on the field with a concussion, you know, and you, you've just got these things that are inexplicable. It's, it's, it's one thing to have a hiccup and like, Hey, this is why this year didn't work, but here's where we think the progress is moving forward. You can't have kids failing, dude. And, and like I said, he wasn't the first one. There's a lot, there's been grades issues in the past, man. And on the opposite end, he doesn't graduate anyone anyway. So I was going to say the grades has been an issue for a while, man. He doesn't graduate anyone on the, the, yeah, he's got kids flunking and he doesn't graduate anyone. There's no in between. So you know what it is? It, It feels like, and this is just speculation. It's not fair for me to put this on Juwan, but like this guy that played in the NBA for a long time. And the only coaching chops he got cutting his teeth was in his, an NBA assistant coach. And he was obviously excited to come back to his alma mater. He was, we all saw the press conference and how emotional he was and what it meant for him to come back here. The parts he struggles with are everything that comes with being a college coach, right? The, the roster building in college, the student portion of college, right? Like, yep. Maybe he just doesn't want to be a college coach. And he seems frustrated by it, but the whole time Caleb Love was sitting there and not getting in. I don't care. I don't care if it's a Mac guard, who it is. You should never have an empty chair. And then if the logic is fine, we're going to stake this year. We're going to have these empty chairs. We're going to completely reload in recruiting this offseason. Well, that's not happening. So you can't tell me that's what's happening. Right. So, yeah. Yep. Anyway, I, I don't know. I, we could probably like, so we could have the same conversation. I knew they were going to lose that game. Yeah, it, it, no, no lead, no lead is safe with Michigan. I mean, the, the, no lead. They could have a thirty-point lead at the half, and you'd expect them to lose. And then to not even be competitive. I mean, what did they shoot? Twenty-three percent in the second half, oh, or something gross. like that. That team sucks. It's just yeah. terrible. Just and it, like the, the comparing. Jawan to John Beeline is offensive to John Beeline. Like they're not even on the same in the same stratosphere. Like yes, that is sir. that is just disgusting. Like again, if Michigan if if basketball was a one half game, Michigan would be national champions three years in a row. They'd be three peeing because no one can beat them in the first half. It's the second half and ending games is where it all goes wrong which that's on leadership. If you can't get, have a, have a closing mindset, have a killer mindset of getting guys locked in at, in tough moments, you're never going to get it. You're that's never going to happen ever. It's just not, this is not a betting show, but fall season is a hundred percent. Correct. Michigan state was minus six and a half at halftime last night. I teased that to like, it is free money or something. Oh my God, dude, it's free money. I was wondering with Michigan having the lead, I'm like, oh, I wonder how far it's down. And it was literally Vegas wasn't fooled. It was the exact same spread as the start of the game. Yep. But it's like seven. This I have a text with uh, my buddy and I right when halftime started. He's like, they're gonna blow us out. I'm like, oh yeah, 20 points. It ended up being 19. But and it's just it's just gross because the Michigan Michigan State basketball rivalry used to mean so much with yeah. with between John Beeline and, and Tom Izzo. And and I would say it was respectful 
between the two. And now no one can give two shits about last night's game. I mean, yeah, the national championship in football does a lot to help you, but no, but nobody even knew the game was on. Right. No one cares. And then they have to go get Peacock to watch it. (laughs) No one cares about the Michigan, Michigan state basketball rivalry right now. Yeah. It's just, what's the point? Well, I mean, and granted both teams aren't good, but Michigan state's just a little better than not good. You know, it's, it's, well, yeah, they they it's were right. Sad how far that rivalry has fallen off the table. Yeah. No, it is, and like, obviously, we have a national championship in football and a new coach and all of these things. But like, I used to enjoy. I mean, I'm not going to pretend I've ever been like the most avid Michigan basketball fan. I'm just I'm more of a football guy anyway. When I grew up, I mean, I was just starting to get into basketball post Fab Five. So, like, I didn't know about good Michigan basketball until Beeline came. <laughs> right? So, I I spent my 90s years watching UNC and Duke play each other. So, Michigan basketball to me is what it was under Beeline. That, that's how – and I think a lot of fans, the football season ends and they start to migrate towards basketball and then they get their eyes on it. For Jawan, he's almost lucky the coaching change happened because that's keeping eyes off of basketball maybe a little bit longer too. But Right. We'll see where it goes. I I would not be shocked if he's back next year. I I wouldn't I wouldn't be either. But I mean, if if this keeps on going, there's I mean, no Phil, Phil retires. Yeah, maybe Isley goes and does something else. I love Saudi Washington, so I can't imagine. Like I just I don't know the the idea that like oh, a couple coaching changes would fix it. I don't, and then the roster. Like I just don't know what roster moves exist. But anyway, yeah, you're you're rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic and you're leaving a giant shit pile for the next guy to deal with. Right. All right. Well, I wanted to get that rant out of you. I'm glad I did. Oh, well that guy even comparing Juwan and line <laughs> just really just pissed me off. Yeah. Just insane. Just an insane. No, there's no even comparing the two in terms of building up a program. Yeah. Oh, All right, so anybody just now joining us, obviously we dove into the Michigan football coaching staff, some rumors, some things we know, some things we don't, some speculation. You can go back and check that out. Uh, We will continue to talk about all these rumors and everything going on over at michigan.rivals.com inside the den. I recognize a lot of our viewers here, a lot of our subscribers are in here. You know we appreciate you guys in our community. If you're not a member already, Come give us a shot for free. Got all spring end of March. Nat Champs 24 is the promo code. If you go to Josh and I's profiles on Twitter, um, we've posted about the promo and you can click the link and it auto fills in as well. But um, and like I always say, feel free to ask ask our subscribers when you get in there talking the community. Um, not trying to be cheesy with the selling point, but we're 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 pretty happy with what we have over there and our, our folks are amazing. And anybody who wants to join, we obviously appreciate you. So for now, just don't compare Juwan Howard to John Beeline. Just that's all. Yeah, that'll get him going. (laughs) I'll get you a quick ban. (laughs) We need to, we need to add that to the message board rules. No comparing Juwan Howard to John Beeline. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. All right, guys, make sure you're liking the video. Please helps us out a ton. Make sure you are subscribing and doing notification bells. So, you know, when we go live, whether it's us with hail to the podcast, most likely, 
on Sunday this week. Obviously, we've been moving it around a little bit the last few weeks. We appreciate you guys adjusting with us. And then, of course, Dennis is live during the week with Good Afternoon. And Dennis, man, what a rock star. We've just been bitching about basketball for 15 minutes. That dude does a post-game live after every single Michigan basketball game and lets you guys come in and just throw whatever at the wall with your frustration. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what, that guy, I'm just so lucky to have him <laughs> doing, that, doing those shows every week, man. That's got to be draining. <laughs> very, very much agree. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you again, as always. We'll see you soon. This has been Hail to the Podcast.